Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. kind of just let that music play forever <laughs> i love that song hi guys welcome to little miss recap the podcast where we um talk about purses that cost more than our cars definitely yeah. like two or three of those purses is probably why i paid for my first house i don't have a house and i don't think i could afford one nor that purse but no, if i, I had that purse any, i'd but... move into the purse to live in there you go there you go my name's amy archer i'm here with the lovely now can i do this again the lovely leslie dj we're at the club at the club no we're really not that was like the whitest thing i ever said um (laughs) leslie and i are here to talk about and just like that season two episode three chapter three i want to know your overall thoughts before we get into this of this episode chapter three there are so many thoughts that I have just throughout because there were visually some beautiful moments. Mm-hmm. And also, Miranda is back. I feel like she might be. She's back. She woke up. When she was at that tattoo parlor and she's like, I don't want to go back to being who I was. The audience was screaming. We all want you to go back to who you were. But in her defense, I get what she's trying to mean. I think that she meant not being complacent and just staying in a rut just because it's expected from her or that is the life assigned to her that she believes she has to follow through on. I get that. But she was acting insane. She was acting insane. And I want to say something else, too. And I was talking about this over on Pink Shade with or on Hey Bunky with Mary Payne. Um, Che Diaz I think I have figured out What is wrong with Che Diaz Okay I think the writers And we talked about like their Their tendency to tokenize people Mm -hmm. I think one of the things they do Is they make Che Diaz's um, Non-binariness Such a part of the character Yeah and I think the best thing you could do to break down stereotypes of of for to stop otherism is to just show people as normal people. Yeah, you know, like nine binary normal... people are normal people. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Like they don't just sit around and talk about being non-binary all day. That's not what non-binary people do. And also, comedians don't talk in terms of stand-up cliches no. No. as well. And. It didn't occur to me, like, I was not able to diagnose this until I watched... Did you ever see Somebody Somewhere, that show on HBO? No. That's so good. And they have... Because I'm totally into that. No, no. It's just a show about, like, normal-looking people who have normal-type friendships. Mm -hmm. And one of the characters is trans, and 
the character's name is Fred. They're amazing. And guess what? You never talk about Fred's sexuality or gender identity or whatever. Fred has just normal storylines because Fred is a human being. Right. And it's like, oh, this is what it looks like when it's done right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, Yeah. And Shay Diaz is the opposite of that. You know what show that I am loving, which ties up back to this universe, starring Miss Kim Cattrall, Glamorous on Netflix. Was that good? Because the it trailer looked so... real cringy. No, no, no. It is adorable. It really? is so, it's kind of like Drop Dead Diva, that show that had um, this woman who was an attorney. She was like a hot looking type of model. She was a model and then she gets in a car accident, switches body with an attorney who was like kind of frumpy looking and was, you Ew, know, that plus sounds size. terrible. Okay. Ew. But it was like really funny and cute. This show, a lot of it, it has a lot of queer people. It has a lot of people of color mm-hmm. and it's very double wears Prada like. Mm. And it's super silly. It's like bubblegum. It's just, you know, filler. But okay. they do talk on heavy issues about the queer community because there are a lot of queer actors and characters okay. on the show and it's really really cute i i love it i love oh i might stuff. have to try it yeah okay i'm watching somebody somewhere like i said and it's so good i'm so into it and um maybe i'll watch it after because we're also watching the bear do you watch the bear no i thought that was a movie oh no is that cocaine that's bear? cocaine bear this is not dissimilar <laughs> this is like if cocaine bear was in a kitchen okay so the bear is um a show about what's his name everybody's screaming the kid from shameless lip from shameless jeremy i, I forget his show. name but he's the lead and he is like a michelin star chef and he comes back to chicago to run like his brother's like run down famous beef stand Ooh. And it's it's really good. And a lot of the episodes are like done in one take. So it's like it captures the chaos of a kitchen. It's really, really good. So and where is it on? It's on Hulu and it only is half hour episodes. Perfect. That's all yeah. I need. Yep. So it it the second season just came out and it's amazing. Very, very good. Um so let's talk about something that's not real, 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 real good. However, however. Took a little heat for my hot take yesterday, which was, oh my God, guys, this episode doesn't suck. And I want to I want to be very clear about something. Okay. I am comparing it against the body of its own work. Okay. Right. So as opposed to season one and episodes one and two of season two, I thought episode three was much better. I honestly, when it ended, I paused it. Because you know how after the credits roll, then you get a little sneak preview of what next week on. Mm -hmm. I paused it and I took a moment and to myself, I said, was this good? This was enjoyable. (laughs) These people seem more real now. And I love that Lisette was back. Because I thought they were just going to, you know, write off every everyone that they knew. Just get rid of them. I have some questions about Lisette, though. Let's well, get that's into my it. sister's name. That's why I love her so much. Let's get into it. And just like that, season two, episode three, chapter three. So we open on Carrie running into Lisette on the street. And I just wrote, this is, so the problems with the original Sex and the City were always like, these people could not afford these apartments and blah, blah, blah. And I feel like this is more indicative of the original Sex and the City. Like Lisette is an up and coming jewelry designer who's like in her 20s and lives in Carrie and Big's building. Remember that the jewelry is her dream job and her fallback is just being a stupid model, you know? Yeah. So I, I, I don't know. And I forget she did have a boyfriend. I remember she was that. Was he loaded? She guy. That that was the one where we saw his dog, and I think that was real. Right. Yeah. Yeah, not Harry's dog. That wasn't real. No, that was prosthetic. We weren't yeah. told. So oh God, how cringy was that now that I'm thinking about it? <laughs> Oh, okay. So Lisette is having a jewelry debut Friday night at an event in Grant Park. And Carrie has to run now because they're asking her to do an audiobook version of herself. And she's like, oh, they're embarrassingly asking me to do this audiobook version of my upcoming book, my memoir that I wrote about big. 
And as she's running away, Lisette says, hey, you're Carrie Bradshaw. Nothing embarrassing about that. Leslie, women don't talk this way. We might say, like, you're fucking awesome or keep going, queen. We don't talk like this, though. See, what I would have said in real life, I would have been like, bitch, you're Carrie Bradshaw. Like, okay, that's better. Yeah. You got this. Yes. That's how I would have said it. You wouldn't have waited until I walked away halfway down the block and been like, you're Amy Archer. You're amazing. You're awesome. No, this doesn't happen. So meanwhile, someone steals Seema's purse. And I just wrote, I think we see later this purse is 20 some thousand dollars. I paid that for my car. Like I'm paying, paying in payments that for my car. $20,000 for me has gone towards a semester at school. There you go. There you go. No one seems to help her. And she calls Carrie and she's like, why can't thieves just take my shit and ditch my bag like they used to? And so now we see this overarching theme of like New York City's getting bad. Yeah. Now you live in New York City. My sister lives in New York City. Now my sister has echoed that during COVID it got a little cray. little cray. It still is. We're still living through that. People don't know how to react or behave in public anymore. It's really cringy the way people act. Well, we came came into the city, I want to say it was May of 2022. And it felt very different to me. There was literally trash all over the streets. And I don't Mm -hmm. feel like that was a thing three years before that. I mean, there were certainly, you know, New York City's not Disney. I mean, it's going to be. But I, you know, I've been going to the city a long time. And I don't remember seeing huge trash piles when it's not garbage day on the curbs. And it just felt like trash was everywhere. Yeah. And before we used to do a big thing about at least cleaning up the tourist areas. Because, like, Mm -hmm. the neighborhoods, like, they'd be a mess. But at least, you know, the popular areas were cleaned up. Yeah, it was, it was, it felt like a different city, but I don't know if that's just like that was during COVID and it's back to normal now. I haven't been there in a while. You know, I'm not sure. So I was getting your but opinion. But also there. her getting her bag stolen is reminiscent to an episode in Sex in the City where Carrie gets robbed and no one helps yes. her and they steal her bag. Yes. Yep. And her shoes, actually. They steal her shoes. And that's why she was like, these people are coming over for designer shoes. These thieves are, like, on another level. These people are getting robbed left and right. I don't know what's happening. They know what Manolo Blahniks are. These thieves are legit. Yeah. So at Charlotte's kids' school, Charlotte and LTW are at some sort of board meeting. And they learn that the, some student has created a MILF list. This, to me, was the cringiest part of the entire episode. Yeah, the fact that they loved it, too. Yeah, that was pretty bad. So, meanwhile, we see Carrie narrating the book, and we meet Amanda, who works for the publisher. And this person says, you need to be the one to read this book. Like, it's in your voice. And Carrie gets to chapter three, and it's the chapter when she gets home and she discovers that Big is dead. And she just can't get through it. Like, she keeps restarting. She can't get through it. In California, please do. Can we just not ever go there again? Like, I want to secretly live in California, but I don't want Sex and the City to ever take me to California again. We their saw view this of California is dumb. Three, we saw this. Mm. It was like a what two or three story arc. We saw it. It did not end well. Yeah. So Miranda's running lines with Che for a pretty serious scene in which Che and Tony Danza. Yeah, you heard me. You heard me. Che and Tony Danza are going to have a heated discussion about. Che being non-binary. And there's this kind of thread throughout that Miranda's phone is fucked up and it's an Android. And I hear this. Like, that's why I will never own an Android. I just want iPhone for life. iPhone for life. Um, the script calls for Che to cry, and Che's like, Oh, I don't have to cry. And Che says, if I cry, it sends a signal that being non-binary is a tragedy or that I'm unhappy, and that's just not true. And Miranda's like, mm, I think you have to cry mentions it quite a few times in the script. So Jay starts to actually cry as they realize that the script feels really inauthentic to them. And then we have more phone stuff. And Miranda mentions that Brady is ghosting her. 
Now, I forgot to mention this, but when they were at the school earlier, LTW thanked Charlotte for introducing, no, thanked Miranda for introducing her to Naya. So they're trying to connect now and bring yes. Naya in because Naya was on an island by herself. Destroying her husband's property, basically. Yeah, and she had no connection to any of these characters. Right. So finally, they're connecting her with LTW, which I think is good. So she's going to be interviewed for LTD's LTW's documentary, LTD. And um, she's talking about, I think she's talking about like being a Harvard professor, right? Is she at Harvard? Columbia. Columbia, thank you. But it's Ivy League, so yeah. it's a big deal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And her mic slips and some hot dude has to fish it out of her shirt. And they flirt a little bit and he asks her out and she says no. And then later after chatting with LTW, she changes her mind and texts him. Uh, Okay. Now they have this lunch. These women, I mean, they just, in the middle of the day, show up at these super fancy restaurants and have these really like crazy and elaborate lunches. It seems so fun. That's never happened in real life. When you work in New York City, if you leave your office to go to lunch, that's like a special occasion. It's because a coworker is leaving or someone got a promotion and you're going to have a quick lunch, which takes like an hour and a half because of the service and all that. Mm -hmm. And then you shove the food down your throat. And then you run back to your office because that's how life works in New York. Or you eat at your desk, shamefully, like I do, listening to Taylor Swift. (laughs) Thank you. So they're all like, it's uh, Charlotte and Carrie and Naya and LTW. And they're they're basically recapping the episode up to here. (laughs) Like they're telling (laughs) each other what happened. And LTW gets a hold of the MILF list. And she and Charlotte were numbers two and three. Now, I have a real problem with this. Not only is the storyline super cringe, but I got to look at some of those moms. Charlotte would not have been number three. (laughs) LTW would have been number one. Oh, my God. That woman. I said this last week. She is so freaking gorgeous. Like, I'm Lord, the devil. I'm still up for it. Give Mm -hmm. me that face. Mm hmm. Jesus mm-hmm. Christ, she's gorgeous. Um, but do you agree? Like Charlotte should not have been way up there. Like, I well, don't know. She she's a main character, so I guess. And that's she why. is beautiful, but it's like she is. she's just so uptight and rich and out of touch. Like I can't imagine teenage boys being like, "Oh my God, she's so hot." You know, you know who would have been out of those characters if they were like the mom like samantha they would have been like oh samantha oh yeah is like oh yeah the hottest yep. mom because yep. of all the sexiness and everything and charlotte is just so proper that teenage boys can sniff yeah. out when someone's dtf and charlotte is not yeah that's all i have to say okay So uh, Charlotte at one point says, oh, Naya, I assure you, our lunchtime fodder is not usually this lowbrow. And then Naya says, and this is so me, I felt seen in this moment because I am the wet blanket buzzkill on every conversation. Naya says, well, maybe we should talk about abortion rights or how our democracy is hanging by a thread or how the planet is dying. Like, this is me. Mm -hmm. I'd rather talk about dick. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just, I can't get out of my head that crazy buzzkillness that I bring to every conversation. It's unfortunate. So, back to Carrie. She's reading her book and she just can't do it and she starts to cry. And this, so I have to say something. When I was done with this episode, I literally said out loud, This is why Carrie is the main star of the show. This is why it is Sarah Jessica Parker's show. Because this storyline was great. Sarah Jessica in that moment and all those takes when she was in that booth mm-hmm. reading and having, you know, those long pauses because she is reliving it in a sense. Yeah. And then I love the cinematography mm-hmm. when you kind of see it like being pushed in. And I'm like, are they going to show like that scene? I don't want to see that again, but they don't. But you hear the water. Yes. I thought it was beautiful. I was like, Sarah, Jessica, if you show this scene at the Emmys oh, or something. Oh, I'm going to slow your roll right there, Leslie. Just that little scene and alone. No, she would get no, nominated. No, no, no. I was mm-hmm. moved. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. I was moved. 
I'm going to say this right now. You can consider it a hot take. If Sarah Jessica Parker wins an Emmy for And Just Like That, there will be riots in the street. <laughs> oh, she's not going to win. I'm saying to get nominated for that little scene alone. Because okay. I thought it was maybe, beautiful. Maybe it'd be like a pity, pity nom. Because <laughs> although her work is amazing in the Sex and the City universe, eh, I don't know. Oh, this show is not going to get recognized for anything. <laughs> So, all right, she starts to cry and she said, I should be over this. Like, I don't get it. And so they eventually decide they're going to skip chapter three. And then she's walking home and they run into Bitsy. Now, I remember Bitsy a little bit from the original, right? Mm -hmm. Bitsy Man Mufflin. Okay. And she lost her husband too. Now, did she lose her husband in the original series or is this a new thing? No. In season one, in the first episode where she sees the ladies having lunch, she's like, oh, where's the other one? And she's you know, referring to Samantha. And then she talks about that she lost her Bobby, which was played by Nathan Lane, famously oh. gay in okay. the show as well. Okay. God, but she, did, she didn't have Gaydar, you know, and everybody mm -hmm. was like, they're married. It was like a whole thing in season five. Season five was not the best. It was kind of cut short because Sarah Jessica was pregnant. So was yeah. um, Cynthia Nixon. But yeah, that was mm -hmm. her husband, Nathan Lane. Okay. Who died during COVID. So after Big dies, she says, like, we didn't even get to have a funeral because of COVID. So. Mm, okay. I thought you meant Nathan Lane died of COVID. I'm like, whoa, breaking news. No, no, no. God, no, no, no. He's alive. He's alive and well. <laughs> protect <His character>. him. <laughs> Please protect him. I love him so much. So Bitsy says, you know, the second year is the worst. Because Carrie's like, I got through that whole first year. And Bitsy says, the second year is the worst. You feel further and further away from him. There's all these things happening that he's not here for. And she says, um, some days I'm fine and other days I'm just faking it. And then she says, uh, the hole never fills, but new life will grow around it. So go plant some seeds. And I, I loved this because yeah. I think, you know, I'm, I'm doing some work at work about grief. And I just listened to this podcast episode and they were talking about this guy whose wife died after 40 years. And he was like, there's something wrong with me because I just, I don't want to be alone. I don't want to be alone. I need to be in another relationship, blah, 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 blah. And bottom line, what they came to realize is this guy had never grieved because he is, I think as a culture, we associate grief as a passive action and not an active process. Right. So we think if I lose somebody and two years goes by and I should stop feeling sorry for them and that should be the griefing process is over, but that's not it. And so it's like not. on this podcast, they had to literally like walk this guy through like, here's how to grieve. Like if you're missing your wife at breakfast, like sit with that and feel it and cry and talk, talk to her, even though she's not there. You know what I mean? And like allow yourself to feel those feelings. And I thought, oh, this is really interesting because Carrie has not let herself do that. No, we had Charlotte do that last season all mm -hmm. the time. Mm -hmm. You know, what's interesting about this, and right before season two started, and I think I mentioned it last week, I rewatched all of season one of and just like that. I've personally been going through a lot of loss, family mm -hmm. members, friends, and I've been grieving. And it's hard to understand how to grieve because there are moments when I'm like, why are people laughing? Why are people talking? Why mm -hmm. is the world continuing? My cousin is dead. Like, mm -hmm. why is this? Why? And you get really upset. And it's like, yeah. well, they didn't experience that loss. And even those who did, life keeps moving. Even if you decide to not get out of bed for a week, guess what? That week still goes by. Yeah. And you just have to figure out how to grieve. And when I was growing up, the way we grieved or the way my mom grieved was like no music, no TV, mm -hmm. like for months. And mm -hmm. I can't do that. I need to listen to music. To me, music helps me yeah. get over things. Right. So there are times when I'm listening to a happy song and then I feel guilty because it's like, oh, I don't want it to seem like I'm celebrating and mm -hmm. someone that I love mm -hmm. is no longer with us. But this is how I cope because I cannot fall apart every day. So. Well and you I bring totally up a good that. point. Like everybody's grieving process is different. I think the underlying thing though, the important thing is that you allow yourself to feel something. Yeah. 
Like whatever you feel when you're listening to that music, like that is processing that for you. And I think we just as Americans, especially, we're like, just shut that off and move forward. Shut it off and move forward. And another thing these podcast hosts who are both therapists were saying to this guy is there's a difference between moving on and moving forward. Like when you move forward, you bring grief with you, you know, and you bring memories of that person with you. And that's fine. Mm -hmm. But people try to move on, which is like you just move over it. And that those are two very different things. And we should be working on moving forward. You should just allow yourself to feel what you feel. Yeah. And there are days where I I still can't get out of bed. I mean, this was very recent for me. Even when I lost one of my best friends during COVID in 2020, it was weird because I spoke to this person every single day. Like we were texting even the day yeah. she passed that morning, she messaged me mm-hmm. and I didn't see it because I was caught up in something. And then when I responded, mm-hmm. unbeknownst to me, she was already dead. Yeah. And then I'm yeah. like, why isn't she responding? This is so weird. Mm-hmm. So you have to learn to move forward. Because mm-hmm. life is going to keep moving whether you're still grieving or not. Yeah. And I don't and want I, to be a I, downer, but. No, just, no, no. I, I agree. Know. And I thought that the fact that we can have this conversation based on this episode just shows you, like, this was a deep episode. The Carrie storyline was. I really enjoyed it. And I think, you know, more of this, like more of this, please. Even the stuff around Che, and we'll get to it, was was more interesting to me. Because Che is more dimensional now. Yes. Not yes, just which a, is what you were saying last week. Yeah. Yeah. Not just like a comic that spits out stale lines. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. You guys know I'm a huge fan of therapy, but what you may not know is you don't need to be in crisis to get help. See, we all carry around stressors, big and small, whether it's stuff at work, stuff with our kids, caring for our parents, even navigating friendships. Therapy is a safe place to work through those challenges. Therapy has also been a lifeline as I parent my teenage daughters. Working through some of my own stuff has made me a better mom. If you're thinking of starting, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and it's designed to fit your schedule. BetterHelp matches you with a licensed therapist who fits your needs. And you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LittleMissRecap today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash LittleMissRecap right so carrie buys a bunch of shoes thinking this will help her plant those seeds and feel better and then she decides to fake getting covid and she calls the publishing company and she says i can't do it and i liked like i thought this was funny i get why they were doing it but she should just call them and said i'm not doing it i don't want to right because she was okay with not reading a vaginal ad so right why can't she say, this is so personal, this is so right. hard for me. She could have even requested, maybe have someone else read that chapter for yeah. her. Because I've heard yeah. audiobooks where there's certain, they'll have like a guest person read mm-hmm. a chapter. Oh my God, I would love to read audiobooks. I don't have a me good too. enough voice to do it. But I do, I, do. I would love to do it. Eh, I sound a little bit like, I'm a little raspy. I think you need like a good soothing kind of voice but i would love to do it so then we get a weird scene with miranda and she's basically having a therapy session with some tattoo artist and she's saying i don't ever want to go back to who i am like i was this little robot and i was screaming we all want you to go back we all want you to go back but i understand what you're saying she she needs to find and this has been our problem with her all along 
Does Miranda need to break out of her little robot box? Sure. But like, this is not that answer. Like there's something in between. Yeah. So one of the best lines was when she calls Carrie and she goes, I'm, I'm on the precipice of doing something stupid. And Carrie goes, if this involves the church of Scientology. <laughs> oh my God. It's pretty good. So Miranda says she's afraid of commitment because then she has no control. And then Carrie even lies to her and says she has COVID. And I was surprised by that. Charlotte calls. She's like, I heard you have COVID. I'm sending you a bunch of shit, blah, blah, blah. Um, Seema and Anthony are having lunch, waiting for Carrie. She texts them that she has COVID. And Anthony says, now she's got COVID? That's very off trend for her. Yes, she would have been at the forefront of this <laughs> because Carrie is always at the forefront of everything. Yes. And you this know, does Can I can I yeah, say something, Amy? Yeah. When I first saw Anthony and Seema sitting together, I was like, huh, this How is did weird. That Why would they be sitting together? But then their banter was so good. And then you get the text. It's like, oh wait, they're me they're waiting for Carrie. Yeah. And I was like, brilliant now this is a reason why they would be together yeah and anthony i think he fits perfectly he's essentially one of the gals yeah i love him i love him i love marion cantone i love him yep so her little plan to have fake covid doesn't work because amanda calls and she's like good news i got you an extension so okay now at school this was so fucking cringy ltw and charlotte and a bunch of the mothers are gathered there and they're waiting for the the perpetrator of the MILF list to come out of the principal's office. And it's like, it's okay. The guy's cute, but like, he's still probably 17. Like, what are you guys doing? It's like, I get why he would be conventionally quote unquote hot to teenage girls, mind you. Right. But it made me feel icky and I'm in my thirties and I'm like, Oh my God, this is disgusting. Like I, I wouldn't want to date a 28 year old because their minds for the ones that I, you know, know are still pretty much like a teenage mind. <laughs> so Just, why would oh, I do no. that? No, thank you. Anyone who knows me knows I'm into holdies. My age and up, that's it. Never going below. Or at um, least looking old. Like have that zaddy look like Jeff Goldblum. Yes. Are you okay? Come back to earth. Okay. So I'm back. I'm back. But my thing is imagine if. The, the roles were reversed, and this was a group of men talking oh about a woman. No, 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 no. First of all, if it got written, the whole internet would have exploded. FCC would have gotten involved. Yes. Yeah. I mean, these women are actually like, yum. Like, they are into him. Now at the assembly. Ugh, go ahead. gross. If he had been like maybe a TA or something and he was like in his 21, let's say. Sure. Still gross, but yeah. come on. Yeah. So the principal says they're putting this uh, this issue on the student's record and Charlotte's like, oh, it shouldn't be on his permanent record. This is ridiculous. And then some of the parents are like, oh, you're only saying that because you're on the list. And they're like, what? Oh, so it, it's so cringy, guys. I can't even. And they get called out for objectifying him, whatever. Now Miranda's in line for Chase taping and Brady calls. This was another, I thought, really good storyline. Yeah. Brady calls. He's crying and he's very distraught. And he's like, I've been trying to get a hold of you for a day and a half now. Um, you know, I'm really upset. Louisa broke up with me. And then Miranda hears like a car go whoosh, beep, beep. And she's like, what was that? And he says, a car almost hit me and I wish I had, I wish it had. And so like, he's clearly very distraught. Yeah. And she's really scared, like really scared. And she's like, okay, here's what I need you to do. I need you to go to the hostel and I need you to call me and blah, blah, blah. And at one point though, he's like, I've been trying to get hold of you. And she says, did you call your father? And yeah. he says, yes, but I wanted you. And I'm thinking, why didn't Steve call Miranda and say like Brady's in trouble? Maybe Steve is still pissed. Oh, right. Steve had a brain transplant. I forgot. Steve yeah. is now a bumbling fool. We forgot no, about no, that. no, he, he can't hear. So he probably didn't even hear the distress in his voice. Right. He's just an idiot now. So she, so they're going into the uh, taping and they take the phones and Miranda sneaks hers in. And of course it goes off. It, it's not Brady calling. That would have been more normal, but it's like she hit the wrong button and she's FaceTiming him. And, 
know, she has the sound on because Miranda doesn't know how to react or treat electronics, I guess. Well, before that, she said, well, this is a new phone. I don't understand it. I don't hear it. So maybe it had been on silent. So then I I have no idea. I don't know. And this happens right as Che is filming this very intense scene with Tony Danza. Mm -hmm. So there's this whole thing now where the whole audience is screaming at Miranda. The director stops and they're yelling at Miranda and Miranda leaves and then there's this like production assistant who's misgendering Che. Like it's it's so weird. I don't even know what's happening. The audience is like Che sucks. Tony Danza defends Che. <laughs> it's so weird. Yeah, so, because the non-binary like I guess producer or someone yeah. who wanted the blue streak yeah. was kind of like Che is not an actor. You ruined this take, Che finally was showing some emotion Mm -hmm. you don't even see that in front of talent you would never say that Mm -hmm. that's Mm -hmm. horrible Mm -hmm. miranda leaves and she calls charlotte and she's like crying and she's like am i overreacting am i doing the right thing charlotte says you are 100 doing the right thing this is serious this is a problem you know you're not overreacting and miranda's like but what about che and and charlotte's basically like fuck che Like, you got to worry about Brady right now. And you're doing the right thing and you need to come home. And then she's like, and Brady's going to be fine. You know, whatever. I just loved this because my best friend has twin boys, Steph. She has twin boys. They're four years older than my kids. And even though I have not spent a ton of time with them in, in my life, I think of those boys as my own. Like, I could see us having this kind of conversation where I would be crying, saying, like, I promise you, your boys are going to be okay. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, it's a whole thing. I was actually impressed with Shar that Shar didn't start crying because she... Well, she did the at the one. end. She did a little bit. She was crying when she said, like, Brady's going to be okay and I love you. You know, she was, she was tearing up. That so, moment for me was so beautiful because Miranda was like acting like a mom. And remember, in the history of this whole series, she never wanted to be a mom. It kind of happened accidentally. While Mm -hmm. she was pregnant, she found out the gender of the baby. She wasn't even excited. She faked her sonogram. Like, Mm -hmm. "Ah, I'm excited. It's a boy. You know, it's been hard for her to channel into that mother instinct. But even in the first season of And Just Like That, when she saw Che... And, you know, Brady smoking pot, mama bear. So there yeah. are those moments where she's like, this is my fucking kid. I need yeah. to be there. And yeah. I have a question for you when you get to the next thing that happens. Well, I really loved that she called Charlotte. And that made sense because Charlotte's yeah. a parent. Charlotte's Do you know parent. what I mean? So that made Because at first I was like, why didn't she call Carrie? Although I think Carrie would have given her the same advice. Yeah. You don't have to be a parent to understand loving a child. You know what yeah. I mean? So like I think Carrie would have did the same thing. So now Seema shows up at Carrie's. And Carrie admits that she doesn't have COVID. And Seema gives her this talk on grief. And you know what we just kind of talked about. And she says I wasn't here for the first round. But like I'm here now. And you know we could we could go through this. So now we go back to California. And Che comes out of the studio. And Che is pissed at Miranda. And. Uh, Miranda's like, you know, this is my family. This is real life. I had an issue here. I'm so worried about Brady. And Che is basically like, it's a breakup. They're kids. Like, chill out. What is your issue? And Che says, you ruined it. Like, you ruined the scene. And so then Miranda says, my kid is the most important thing in the world to me. And Che says, well, I guess we're even. So Che is equating these two things. You screwed up my my taping to your son could possibly be suicidal in a different country i was so pissed at that moment with che because i'm like i get the frustration of like you ruined the take like what was so important but the moment that you see miranda on the verge of tears in full panic my son is suicidal i need to get home Mm -hmm. che should have been like oh shit do what you gotta do and then yeah. Che is trying to guilt Miranda into kind of staying. That yeah, was it's awful. so weird. And then I just wrote that Miranda immediately forgives this and is simping again, like simping again for Che. 
And I wrote, imagine what the real Miranda would say. Like, imagine Miranda, Sex in the City season four. What would she say if she saw Che and Miranda having this argument? <laughs> you know, like, like, fuck you. Yes. That's my kid. Yes. Peace out. Yes. So then we have this jewelry show in Grant Park, Lisette's jewelry show, and someone steals the jewelry. It's really weird. Like, someone just walks around, steals the jewelry. But he's and very no one- well dressed. Yes, and no one does anything. Lucette and Seema are screaming. Then the dude wants uh, Seema and Carrie's jewelry, and Carrie will not give up her necklace. So Seema pulls out what we think is a gun, but it's really a lighter. But here's my thing. This jewelry thief is a terrible thief. Because number one, you don't e- he doesn't even imply that he has a gun. He's just like looking at them, like, give me your jewelry. He allows Seema to dig around in her purse for 20 minutes. You know she's going to come out with something. Yeah. Like, what are you doing, dude? Criminal 101. Like, learn how to criminal. Jesus. It's like the moment the person you're attacking is roaming around something, that means they're probably armed. You run. Yes. Yes. Or, like, knock that person out of her hand. So, um, Miranda, we see Miranda get home. Brady comes in. He's sobbing. She comforts him. I'm sobbing at this point. I don't know what was going on with me. I was having all the feels. Then we see Seema. She gets stuck in traffic. She gets out to walk home. And as she does, she finds her purse. So we have the purse. It was like ditched. But you forgot to mention how she found it. A beautiful dog appeared. She was she petting a little pet- dog. She was Dogs petting are a heroes. little dog. Mm-hmm. Um, so Carrie checks on Lisette and finds her lying in bed. And Lisette says, everything I've worked for, everything I've accomplished is gone and I have to start all over. And Carrie's like, I hear you. Like, I'm in the same boat. And she lies down next lies down next to her and they zoom out and they're kind of like Titanic, like Jack and Rose on the door. Oh, except both of them were on Too there. soon, too soon, too soon. And, um, <laughs> uh, and the box of candy, Sam, like, is no one going to eat that box of candy? It looked amazing. Looked amazing. Um, now we see Carrie. She's reading her chapter three. She gets it done, nails it. And the end scene is um, her and Seema running into a rugby team in a crowded restaurant. And they laugh and they drink. And Carrie says, and just like that, I got COVID. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, that part, the whole like the guy stealing the jewelry thing i was just like oh my god this is insane stop trying to make my city seem even scarier than it is yeah yeah (laughs) but also brady i was impressed by that actor the actor was great hated him season one yes no he was really good like that was a that was a teenage crying i felt that and Mm -hmm. the look in his face the voice the way it you know, it was trembling. Mm-hmm. And as soon as, oh my God, I feel like crying now. Like Miranda's sitting there and he walks in, he's like, mom. And it's like, I've mm-hmm. had those moments I know. where no matter how old you are, you just need your mom to freaking hug you. We, oh, we, we had one this weekend because, or this week because I took my daughter for the driving test and one passed and one failed. Oh no. And the one that failed was devastated. And it was that kind of like just sobbing, sobbing, sobbing. And I think like she was embarrassed more than anything. Do you know what I mean? But I just felt so bad for her. And I've also been in that position where you hold it all together. And then I see my dad and I'm like, whoo, like forget it. Like just the dam is broken. Um, But overall, you know, I like to end thinking about what I'm liking and what I'm not liking. Overall, again, like I said, this is Carrie's show. And this episode proved that. Because when she has a good storyline, that can carry the entire show. And I think um, her kind of reliving her grief and thinking about her grief was really powerful. And I really liked it. What are you liking? Especially, I'm thinking about like how season one with the whole thing, it was shocking. And then... It was like she was kind of moving along towards grief. Everybody else was more distraught than she was. She was holding Mm -hmm. it together, still pulling the looks because, of course, she has to look fabulous even when she's grieving. But then having that moment with her reliving it in terms of having to read that chapter of finding him. 
-hmm. It was like, oh, no, this is what real grief looks like when you've been pushing it off. Mm -hmm. It will come to the surface and then you have to address it. And I thought it it was handled beautifully. And and I'm optimistic, cautiously optimistic for what's to come. Because if they anchor this like this with Carrie, Mm -hmm. I think it will work. And with Miranda, Miranda needs to get back to being herself. A little bit. Yeah. And I think in this week's episode, she was herself for the first time. Like you saw a glimpse of the old Miranda coming through. I agree. What are you not liking? What do you think, you know, they need to chop, axe, throw in the trash pile, whatever? You know, I don't I don't generally like the storylines with the kids in general. Mm. But I did like the whole Brady thing because I hated mm-hmm. Louisa. She was annoying. She was mm-hmm. kind of bitchy. Mm-hmm. So I'm interested to see what's going to happen with that, you know. And will Steve play into this? Because the son is in crisis. Like, are we going to see mm. that? So I'm curious about that. What I'm what? not liking is just, yeah, that whole MILF thing was so cringy. Ugh, I did so, not like it. You know what it is, Leslie? I'm not liking Charlotte this season. And, and that's not like me. I love Charlotte. season, yeah. Yes. Charlotte is like, Charlotte is, what you see is what you get with Charlotte. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, she's always kind of this, like, little spacey debutante. Do you know what I mean? But, like, she was a heart of gold and so sweet and so genuine. And now I just feel like she's been relegated to stupid storylines of just being support for everyone else. It's really dumb. Which I think, if you saw the previews for what's coming up, She's going to want to go back to work. Good. And that will be interesting because when Charlotte had her gallery and everything, there were great storylines there. Guys, everyone needs that friend in their life to tell you when you need to go back to work. <laughs> like maybe you had a layoff. Maybe you lost your job. You know what I mean? And you're like skating by, wondering what you're doing for a while. And then all of a sudden you're like, yeah, I may have been out of work too long. <laughs> You need that friend that's like, you need to go back to work. To build a family. But these kids are grown. They're all teenagers. You know, you can go back to work if that's what you want. You don't have to. But it seems like there's something missing in her life. And I think that's what it is. Yeah. And I'm not saying like, you know, this could pertain to anybody, genderless, whatever, who's out of work. Just when you've been out of work a while and it's time. And when you're yeah. obsessing over your kids' friends making MILF lists, it's time. It's time to time to go back and do something. Like, she doesn't have to go to work, but, like, do something. Because you can't be doing this. Yeah. I mean, she did do, like, um, you know, like, PTA stuff, you know. You yeah, see. and I think, didn't she, wasn't she, like, on the board of a big charity or something? Or was that? Pediatric AIDS fund, or at least she said that when she was with Trey. I don't think okay. that's true now. And maybe she mentioned something last season about some kind of like art thing but I don't know if she was on the board or she was just referring to like her past experience right it was a little unclear yeah all right girl well it's been lovely talking about this with you I didn't get scenes for next episode which I'm a terrible human for that but I did see all the way through the credits and then they'll show it to you but I did see um like in that trailer that we saw last episode that I think we're going to see Steve next week. And I'm guessing if we do, it has to do because of Brady and this mm-hmm. whole thing. Mm-hmm. And that would make sense to kind of give them that family moment. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, why don't you tell everyone where they can find the Leslie DJ? Wah, wah, you wah. Find me at Sinister Girls. And hey, guess what? My podcast used to be hosted on Stitcher as well. And Stitcher oh. is going kaboot. Oh. So my podcast would still be available on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Audible, and, you know, on my website, SinisterGirls.com, but no longer on Stitcher as of August 23rd, I believe. Are you going to move it to a different host? Um, They did send me an email about different, like, places mm-hmm. that I could probably submit it I think it was acquired by Sirius XM or something and Pandora and they're like getting rid of Stitcher that's like the whole thing okay. 
So if you do listen to this podcast, if it is on Stitcher, you got to find an alternative. Well, is Stitcher just an app or is it a host? It's an app and it also hosts like podcasts. Okay. All right. Because I know we host on Acast. Shout out Acast. And uh, no, I'm only kidding. They do nothing for us. But um, we host on Acast and but I don't think they have their own player. You know what I mean? So I wasn't sure if companies do all right, guys, and if you haven't already, you need to get into our Facebook group, Backdoor Friends. Leslie, do you know what a backdoor friend is? Well, because I'm still in the, and just like that, in Sex in the City mindset, I thought it was like, you know. Of course, yes. Okay. So Pastor Jackie tells us in Love and Death that there are front door friends and backdoor friends. And the front door friends come over when expected, and you know what they're going to say, and the backdoor friends... They just barge right into your kitchen. They don't care. They just dump all their trash. They'll h- help you hide a body, whatever. Oh. And you know what? That's the kind of Facebook group I want to run. People who will help me hide a body. So they're in there. Um, we also welcome, hey, if you love anal and call yourself a backdoor friend, come on in. We'll accept <laughs> come you. Come on in. Come on the in. The water's warm. Fly your freak flag. We don't care. Come on in. We love you. Um, so join our Facebook group and you can find that in the show notes, but it's also at, um, if you look for us on Facebook, facebook.com slash little miss recap, you'll see the, the group pin there and follow us on Instagram, Instagram. And also our listeners from six degrees of reality TV. Thank you so much for listening to the first episode. Yeah. A bunch that came feed. over. That was great. Hopefully you came over to little miss recap and that you enjoy our hot takes. Amy doesn't believe that Carrie deserves or Sarah Jessica deserves an Emmy nomination Mm-mm. for that one Mm-mm. scene. I do, Mm-mm. but that's just me. Cause I love SJP. I will die on this hill. Okay. <laughs> So thank you so much, guys. I'm going to play the music to play us out. And Leslie, thank you so much. Thanks. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.